all right let's do that again amen <laughs> I like that that's somebody with a capital S amen amen and amen all right on top of your bulletin the cover of your bulletin a beautiful red rose once again a reminder to all of you men don't forget a week from Friday is Valentine's Day the scripture on the front of your bulletin is a phrase from Galatians 5 13, which says, by love, serve one another. And of course, our theme for this month is love. Not as the world sees it, but as God presents His love through His inspired and preserved Word. I'm holding up my Bible. I've actually got two up here. I've got this old, old Bible and I've got this newer Bible. And uh, I believe the Bible is the Word of God, and if you do say it, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. And I believe the Bible has no mistakes. I believe the Bible has no mistakes. God helping me, God helping me, I'm going to try to obey it. I'm going to try to obey it. God gave us His Word so that we would know how to live successfully in this world. In all of our relationships, in all of our choices, decisions, and all the events of our life. Young people, I want you to listen to me now. I want you to get this. I want it to grab your heart. I want you to go out of here knowing something you didn't know before you came in. And that is, God loves you more than I can describe. More than anybody in the whole world. More than all the words and all the dictionaries, all the books. 
in all the world can describe. God loves you more than that. And He expressed that through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried. He rose from the dead. And believing on Him, receiving Him as your Savior, He's the substitute that takes away our sins and makes us brand new creatures. But then He empowers us every single day to live victoriously. God's got a wonderful plan for you kids, for you adults, for every person here. Whatever stage of life in which you find yourself right now, maybe you're celebrating your 5th or your 36th anniversary today. Whatever it is, God's got a wonderful plan for you. It's because He loves you and me. He doesn't love us because we're so good. He doesn't love us because we have the potential to be good. Now, I trust that by God's grace we'll, we'll be our best, but that's not why God loves us. God loves us because God is love. That's it. And today we're going to learn a very important principle. And that's the principle of by love serving one another. We spoke of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 where agape love is described as unselfish or selfless. We already quoted the scripture and sang the song, Oh, I love Jesus. We love Him because He first loved us. Now in Galatians chapter 5, I want you to see what it has to say. This is important. Verses 13 and 14 speak of balance. The Galatians were people who lived in a place in what is now modern day Turkey. We believe they originally came from a place in France, which was later known as Gaul, and so they were Galatians. And they had been influenced by some to abandon the teaching of salvation by free grace alone and instead had replaced it with an admixture of rituals or works becoming Jews after, you know, uh, and, then, and then becoming a Christian after that prior to salvation. And Paul puts this all in proper perspective. He, he says uh, that they've been hindered, that they have previously done well, but now they're not doing so well because now they're confused. Look at verse 13. This is Galatians 5, 13. For brethren, you've been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's quoting Jesus Christ, who was asked by a lawyer, that is a person dealing with the religious law of their day, that kind of a lawyer. He had said, what, what must I do? Uh, what, what's the great commandment? And, and so forth. And Jesus, in a answering what is the great commandment, He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And then He said, and the second is like unto the first, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This is all interrelated. We're going to understand today how important it is for us by love to serve one another and how we can do that. Let's pray. Father, fill me now with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm asking that you're going to help us to understand the truth and to leave this place and to live the truth. Lord, help us not to, to be confused at all. Help us not to, to mix our own wisdom with the Word of God, but instead to take the Word of God as it's pure and unadulterated. And may we live it out by your grace for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you been saved by grace through faith? It says so in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, 
not of works lest any man should boast. You can't get to heaven by trying to be good. You can't get to heaven by joining a religion or doing religious rituals or keeping the Ten Commandments because nobody does keep the Ten Commandments. Everybody breaks them. The Bible says, book of James, half-brother of Jesus, wrote it down by inspiration. It's right there for all to read. We don't, we don't get saved by what we do. We don't get saved by our works. The, the finished work of Jesus Christ is what saves us. The finished work of dying, being buried, rise from the dead, and we receive Him as Savior. So everybody understand that. You don't add to, you don't do anything to enhance, you don't make salvation better. Salvation is very simple. God does all the saving. We receive the free gift. We take Him at His word, and He comes into our heart and life. Now, when He saves us, He writes our name down in heaven, and so we're forever going to be going to heaven. But in the meantime, we've got a brand new life that's begun within us. We now have an opportunity to live for the Lord. That way we can get along with others. We can function as we're supposed to. And so we are equipped to love others. We're equipped to do for others what God has already done for us. You see, agape love is the desire on God's part for us to receive His very best. Whatever His will is for us, God wants us to receive His very best. And we should desire God's very best for others as well. So if we have an unhindered life, that we're not mixing in our own opinions, our own thoughts, and our own energy, and our own flesh, but instead we're allowing this love of God to flow through us, as the choir sang about this morning. Why then, it touches the lives of other people. And they come to know the Lord, and they get to live victoriously and be a blessing in turn. So we're supposed to love others with that same godly love that God first loved us with. This is why the scripture says, by love, serve one another. Now underline the, the one another part. That's important. Over 50 times in the New Testament, we have the construction, one another, one to another, one toward another in one of those forms, and over 50 times it refers to this relationship that we have as believers with other believers. One another, one to another, one toward another, refers to the relationship that we have with each other. Now, understandably, there are people outside of Christ that haven't yet been saved. And we ought to treat them decently. You ought to treat them right. You ought to love people. Because God loves people. Well, I love people, not the sin, but, but uh, love the sinner, love people. And uh, by Christ's love being shown out of our life, hopefully draw them to a relationship with Jesus Christ. How do we do that? How are we able to do that? If we are yielded to the Holy Spirit, who is within each one of us who is saved, then He will lead us to live a selfless life life. We have to start with a servant's heart and mindset. Let's start in that realm. A servant's heart and mindset. A servant in the Bible didn't make his or her own decisions. The master made the decisions. The same is true with those of us who are serving the Lord. We've been saved by grace and now we have the privilege and the opportunity to be His servants. As His servants, we don't 
make our own choices apart from His will. If we do, we're going to be in trouble. We don't make decisions, choices, establish relationships, decide to go here or there or not to go according to what we feel like or what we want, but instead we always yield to and we say, Lord, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to be? Where would you have me to go? What, what is your perfect will? That should be our desire. I've brought messages on knowing and doing the will of God. You will be happy. You will be successful if you'll come to that point where you say, Lord, I want your will in my life. So we begin with a servant's heart and mind. And we no longer think about it in terms of it's mine to do with what I want to do. We usually get ourselves in trouble, as I say, when we do that. Instead, we have the mindset and we have the heart attitude. I am not my own. I'm bought with a price. I've been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I am to glorify Him in my body, in my life, in my choices, in my decisions. Even how I speak, where I take myself, who I'm with, how I dress and groom myself, everything ought to be for the glory of God. It's not a matter of my personal taste or desire, but it's a matter of what the Lord says. And some people have a real hard time with this. You know who has a hard time with it? Strong-willed people. Now, if you ever turn your strong will over to the Lord, you're going to be a dynamite factory for Jesus. But you know what? Until you do that, you're going to have trouble because you're going to be bumping into things spiritually. And you're going to get all spiritually bruised up and you're going to say, you know what, this is not comfortable. This doesn't feel good. It's because you're strong-willed. And some people are very strong-willed. Yield your strong will to God, please. Yield your strong will to God. Get a servant's heart and a servant's mindset. What can I do to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, indirectly, we will serve people if we have that heart to serve the Lord. Indirectly, we will serve people if we have that mindset of a servant. It's not mine. It belongs to the Lord. I'm not my own. I belong to Him. That's the leadership of the Holy Spirit directing in our life. Then what we develop is servants' hands. If you have a servant's mind and a servant's heart, you're going to develop servant hands. And you're going to be doing in the work of the Lord what He wants you to do. And eventually you'll develop servants' feet. And you'll go where He wants you to go, so you'll be in other places. You'll be going places specifically to be a blessing to people. Jesus Christ, in this world, works through our heart, our mind, our hands, and our feet. May I say it very plainly? We are the heart, the mind, the hands, the feet of Jesus Christ on a practical level in this world. Amen. If it's going to get done, it's going to get done because we gave up. We left our own choices to Him to make with us. We allow Him to guide us and direct us. Preacher, I don't like what you're saying. That means I'm going to lose my autonomy. That doesn't mean that you're going to become a robot. It doesn't mean you're going to lose that sparkling personality that you're known for. You're still going to have that sparkling personality you're known for. But, uh, but you will now be under the control of the Holy Spirit of God and you will be doing the work of the Lord as the servant of God, which is the highest of all callings. It's the holiest it's the heavenly calling. And you can be a blessing. And someday, somebody's going to say, whatever your name, fill in the blank, you're a blessing. You're a blessing.
to my life. You're a blessing to my family. You're a blessing. Uh, when we needed such and so, you were there. You say, well, now, can I just do that as being a good person? There's a lot of, quote, good people in that respect in an earthly way, but they're not getting the, the rewards that they would otherwise get if they were saved and yielded to God. Then they would be doing the will of God when God says it. They would be going where God says to go. They'd be working with the people that God says to work with. What that does is that puts you into contact with and exposes you to people that you might not even know right now. You say, well, I'm kind of a, an introvert. Well, so am I. Join the club. You say, oh, I can't tell you're an introvert. Well, I got over it, okay? But uh, still, uh, you know what? The Lord never orders anything that He doesn't pay for. He's not a crook. The Lord only orders what He pays for. So if He says to you, I'm going to put you in a place where you're going to be a blessing to somebody you don't even know right now, but off in the future, you don't have to worry about it because He will guide and direct our steps. He will put us in the place where we should be. If our hands are clean before the Lord, if our heart, if our mind, if our life is clean before the Lord, He's going to use us as His vessel. And when it's over with, you're going to go, wow. Was that me? And the answer is no, it's Jesus in and through us. Amen. That's it. By love, serve one another. When Jesus sat down with his disciples and they were about to have a meal and they ate together, the Bible says that Jesus took a towel, wrapped it around him, and he got down on his knees with each of the disciples and began to wash their feet. Now, in some churches, they have foot washing as a practice. Now, while it does not picture the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and therefore is not a church ordinance as such, it is still something that's very humbling. And all the people I've known that have ever practiced that, uh, they, they will tell you that. It's a very humbling experience. Not only to wash somebody's feet, but to have somebody else wash your feet. And it was a picture. It wasn't a picture of getting saved over and over and over again. Peter said, I, you'll never wash my feet. He was very proud. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you don't have any part with me. He says, well, then don't just wash my feet. Wash me all over. And what Jesus was saying is, Peter, you don't have to be washed all over. It's just your feet. It's just your fellowship that needs to get cleaned up. It's just your every day out there walking in the dust of this world that needs to get cleaned up. But it was a very humbling thing. Very humbling thing. Years ago, a fellow was brought to our church that was demon-possessed. And I've told you the story before of Charlie, how I cast the demons out of him. And when I got through casting the demons out of him, there were wounds on his feet where the demons had exited. And I said, go bring me a basin of water. Bring me a towel. And they brought me a basin of water. And I got down, and for the first time ever, I washed somebody's feet. I washed his feet. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm washing your feet. Let me tell you right now. What we need is a revival in America. But the very first step in revival is if my people, which are called by my name, will humble, humble. It's impossible for us to talk about our being humble because when we do, we cease to be. One of the great ironies of our language and, and of the 
truth of humility. Humility isn't something you write a book about and how you attained it because you would cease to be humble. But every one of us, if we don't learn the principle of humbling ourselves, and not telling the whole world, but humbling ourselves, why God will find a way, as it says in the Psalms, to afflict us. Say, well, God's not cruel. He wouldn't do that to me. The affliction is not for our ill, but is for our good. The ultimate result is our humbling. So right now, right now in this building, you can take this hand or you can take this hand. This hand is we choose to humble ourselves. This hand over here is we didn't choose to humble ourselves, so God will afflict us and He will humble us. Look at me, kids. Stop laughing. Stop talking. Look at me. We either humble ourselves or He will humble us. We either humble ourselves or He will humble us. You only have two choices. That's it. And until we learn to humble ourselves, we're not going to have revival. We need to learn that. Jesus Christ is the perfect picture of balance. He is humble and yet dynamic. He is humble and yet powerful. He is humble. That is what we should desire. We can't achieve that no matter how much we work on it. We have to yield to God. We have to let the Lord work through us for us to achieve that balance so that we'll be like Jesus. Boys and girls, young people, listen to me. Adults, listen to me. I want you to get this and let it sink in. Until we yield to God and say, I surrender all, you take me, you use me, do whatever you want with me, we will never, ever, ever experience the blessings of God. We have to, by love, serve one another. This being a servant is being selfless. Selfless. We die to a self-willed way of life. We cross spiritual Jordan into Canaan, the land of victorious Christian living, where we still face our battles every day, but we can walk in victory. We can live by faith. We can experience the, the blessings of God selflessly. Selflessly. Not what I want. What you want, Lord, that's what I want. Number two, it's sacrificial. It's sacrificial. It's not only selfless, it's sacrificial, which means we have to give up some things. No, don't take those toys away from me. Please don't take... What does that sound like? Spoiled brat. What are we frequently like? Spoiled brats. There's a, a beautiful song about the Lord Jesus Christ to which... A youth leader wrote new words. One by one he took them from me. All the things I valued most. Until I was empty handed. Every glittering toy was lost. It goes on to describe how when God takes that from us. That we're grasping when he takes it from us, the initial reaction like a spoiled child is, God, God took my favorite toys away from me. But God cannot pour all that he wants to into hands that are already full. He can only pour into empty hands. 
what He wants to. I'm talking about something that's going to hurt. I'm talking about something that's going to cost. But the blessings for eternity are immeasurable. Sacrificial servanthood. Selfless servanthood. And then I want to say one more. The first words of the fifth chapter of Galatians, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Stand fast. To be a servant and to serve one another by love means that we're not only selfless and sacrificial, but we're steadfast. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God wants servants that are not part-time servants. God wants servants that are not occasional whenever they feel like it, whenever the whim hits them, servants. God wants 24-7, 365, constantly, constantly yielding to God's servants, steady servants. Instead of yielding once in a while to the Holy Spirit, He wants us to yield all the time. Instead of going through this, I'm yielded and then next week, I get myself in a spiritual fix, a mess, and i got to come to church. And nothing wrong with coming down the aisle, but down the aisle and back and forth, and down the aisle and back and forth, and down the aisle and back and forth, and down the aisle and back and forth. Now, if you have to do that a thousand times until you get it right, then down the aisle and back and forth is okay. But if we get it right, if we yield to God, if we allow Him to have His way, why do we take it back? Why do we take it back when we've given it to God? Why do we take back and do what we want to do when we have already yielded and said, Lord, you do through me what you want to do? Selfless, yes. Sacrificial, yes. But steady, steady, steady. There needs to be longer periods of time between the stumbling and the staggering and the falling. And thank God because He is who He is, He's never going to stand over us and say, I knew you were going to fall. That's not Jesus. That's the devil. I knew you were going to fall. No. He stands over us and he says, here, take my hand. Let me help you up. Let me dust you off. Let's start over again. That's Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, maybe right now you say, preacher, you just described where I am. I'm down in the dust down there. And I'm so depressed because the Lord has had to do this so many times before. Will He do it yet again? Yes, He will. If you've got a pulse, if you've got a heartbeat, if you're still breathing, there's His hand. He's lifting you up. He's lifting you up. He's lifting you up. Again. Say, so what, what if I fall again tomorrow? There He is, lifting you up again and again. You got a pulse? You got a heartbeat? You're breathing? Fall again. He'll lift you up. And here's love. He knows that you're going to fall again. He doesn't make you fall again, but He still picks you up, knowing that there'll be another time and another time and another time. Hopefully, by the grace of God, longer periods of time between. That's why you need to be here on Friday nights and hear the good news about how God loves us so much and provides a way by which we can grow in grace and have a closer walk with the Lord and how we can avoid stumbling and falling and, and making such a mess out of our life, instead yielding to God and letting Him work through us, and it'll be a beautiful thing, serving the Lord. This old flesh 
driven, old nature driven life is described in verse 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. What devours? What destroys another? The works of the flesh that are described right here in the verses which follow. And these are nasty things, but they're the work of the old nature. When we allow the old nature to lead out, even as professing believers, guess what? We're nasty sinners. That's what I'm including myself. When we let the flesh lead, we are nasty sinners. But ah, then we've got that passage of Scripture, verse 22, about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 should be your life verse. The transformed life in Christ is number one, yielded to the Spirit. Number two, it will reveal the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are the, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our life. As we allow the Lord to live through us, we see the fruit of the Spirit. So that, that doesn't make us saved. Because we've been saved, the Holy Spirit who's inside of us is showing Himself outwardly when people see the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and so on. Those fruit of the Spirit are the Holy Spirit being seen through our life instead of our old fleshly life. What that does is it helps us to produce the wonderful fruit, John chapter 15, of soul winning, bringing souls to Jesus. So are you going to be Spirit-led? Are you going to be yielded to God? We're on a collision course this morning. Are you going to experience a crucifixion? A crucifixion of the flesh? A crucifixion of self? Will you make the choice to allow Jesus to have His way? Now that you understand the meaning of by love serve one another, are you going to yield to God and allow Him to work through you to touch the lives of others? Heads bowed, eyes closed, please nobody looking. How many of you today would say, Preacher, something in the message spoke to my heart this morning. Slip your hand up high. Let me see it. Something spoke to my heart. Amen. Amen. Would you come from where you are when the invitation is given, when the music starts to play? Would you come from where you are and find a place down here and have a word of prayer and say, here it is, Lord. I'm giving myself to you, my life to you. Lock, stock, and barrel. Yes, you purchased me. You've saved me. I want to offer myself completely from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I want to be filled with and led by your Spirit. I want the fruit of the Spirit to be seen out of my life. I want to yield to you, Lord. I want by love to serve one another. Like Jesus had a servant's heart, that's what I want. I want a servant's head and heart and hands and feet. I want to be the head and the heart and the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ in this world to others. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, let's say you're not sure you're going to heaven when you die. Right now, would you pray from your heart to God? If you've never done this before, you need to today. Pray something like this from your heart to God. Dear God, just pray from your heart. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. 
I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. And take me to heaven when I die. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. You just prayed that prayer. Young people, boys and girls, adults, senior citizens, you just prayed that prayer from your heart to God and you meant it. Slip your hand up high so I can see it right now. Come on, I prayed that prayer. God bless.